Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back in Better Than Ever, Greedy, presented by Progressive Insurance and ready to roll. We are here in a different studio with a different feel, but very much the same news of the day. Jim Harbaugh's football team is going to fly to Happy Valley today. Will Jim Harbaugh be on that plane? That's a big question. We're in Studio 3 at the Seaport. Hembo is here with me, and so is our buddy Chris Canty, who is celebrating his 41st birthday today. A very happy birthday, big fella. Thank you, G. I appreciate it. 41. Do you feel old, or do you feel young at 41? I, I, I don't feel like I should be 41 years old. In my mind, I'm still 26, 27. Me too. And I just signed a contract with the New York Giants, and yeah. came over and won a Super Bowl. <laughs> like That's how I feel in my mind. But I know that's not how I feel when I wake up in the morning. Well, you look even better than that. Hey, I'll, tell I'll you take that it. Much. I'll take it. All right, a million things going on. Hashtag crew is around us, ready to go. And, and Chris, good of you to stick around here as we start up uh, this morning. And, and so that's, look, the, that's the big story here is that the reporting we got from Heather Dinich on Get Up this morning is that Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, is expected to respond to Michigan early this afternoon. One o'clock Eastern time is the time that the football team is supposed to be traveling, leaving Ann Arbor and traveling through by way of Detroit to Happy Valley. It is incredible to me that this decision could come while this plane is in the air. Jim Harbaugh's attorney told uh, our Pete Thamel that there's no question Harbaugh will be on the plane regardless of whether there has been a decision made or not. Mike Tannenbaum has been describing at great length the legal maneuvering that will likely take place on the part of Michigan if a decision is made that suspends Harbaugh for tomorrow, that they will try and get an emergency injunction. And he seems to believe, and again, Mike is a lawyer, among many other hats that he wears, he believes they would be successful in that. With all of that as the backdrop, Michigan has to play its biggest game of the year by far tomorrow, its first the first opponent it faces that has any real chance of beating them mm-hmm. on the road. So that, to me, it's just an extraordinary set of circumstances. I'm sure you've been talking about it a lot here this morning and all week on Unsportsmanlike. Uh, but for those who hear this show and don't hear that one, what are your biggest picture takeaways? Well, I think it's interesting that a game between two top ten teams is the actual footnote to what's going on with Jim Harbaugh and the Big Ten this weekend. But I will say this, when looking at these two teams – Give me Michigan by a million in this game. And I know the line is four and a half points, but if you ever had a situation where a team that looks like the best team in all of college football has coasted to the regular season, if there was ever an opportunity for the head coach and the people in charge to play the us against the world card and put the chip on the shoulders of a supremely talented team, this would be the spot. And so for an opportunity for those young men in that locker room to prove that sign-stealing or not, we're still the best team in the country and to beat, in the mind's eye of a lot of people in the college football world, a quality opponent, I think this is their opportunity, this is their stage. So I think this could be something that galvanizes this Michigan football team at the most important time in their season. The, the, The word distraction gets thrown around so much 
particularly in your sport. We hear football teams talk about distractions all the time. Now, I can't imagine that there has ever been a more obvious distraction than this one. So you're the second player I've had today. Bart Scott said almost exactly the same thing as you, that he thinks this will bring the team together. They will go out. They will blow the doors off Penn State tomorrow. They will actually be better because of this. Um, Where does the distraction piece come in, though? I mean, in in what – if people are always so worried about distractions – how does this not impact them in any negative way? Well, this is something that, that, that pertains to how they're looked at in the rest of the sports world. Uh, this is directly challenging the players in that locker room and seeing how good they are or aren't. And everybody wants to float the record of Jim Harbaugh once he hired Connor Stallions. He's 21-1 and one since he hired Stallions. Before that, he's 59-24. and 24. So everybody's saying the sign-stealing is the reason why Michigan has been so good. It's the reason why they've had the edge over Ohio State in the last couple of years. It's the reason why they made the college football playoff. And they can go out there and send an emphatic message to the rest of the sports world, no, we're pretty good even without knowing the signs of the opposing team because we're that quality of ball club. And so I think this is the opportunity for that. When somebody is directly challenging how good you are on the field, it's not a distraction. It's something that makes you focus. Hamboski, what do you take from all this? Well, so the number's four and a half, like you said, which is awfully small, perhaps even like a little little smelly yeah, small. It is, yeah. I'll tell you what, Grainy. 85% of the public agrees with Chris Canty that Michigan, Michigan is going to wipe the floor in this game. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> That's a pretty large number here. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think it is very likely to galvanize Michigan. But there's another side here, and that is it's probably going to galvanize every team they play to. Every game Michigan plays from here on out, it's going to be your best shot. And Happy Valley, that's a tough, tough, loud environment in which to play. And given the fact that they've played nobody close to as good as Penn State, it wouldn't surprise me if they knocked him down early. It's just a matter of whether or not Michigan can get themselves up off the mat. All right, so we have all that going. We have Desmond Howard trending for all the things that he said on our TV show this morning. He was ready, man. He was ready, and I look, I, I, I respect his perspective on all this one, one way or the other. So we'll, we'll continue following that, and I think it's very likely that at some point while we're on here over the next two hours, we will get some news one way or the other. In the meantime, we had an NFL game last night, not a particularly good one, between the Bears and Panthers. But the Bears helping themselves by beating Carolina and reminding anyone who doesn't know that Chicago has Carolina's first-round pick this year, which could easily wind up being the first pick in the draft. The Bears are actually 2-2 two and two since Justin Fields got hurt, and they've been starting this kid Tyson Bagent from the Division II college. And I've been slipped a bunch of notes about something you said about what you think the Bears should do with their quarterback situation for the rest of the year. Chris Canty, what is it? Well, it's nothing that you haven't heard, G, and that's the thing that I don't understand with most people out there in the sports landscape. Put Justin Fields in bubble wrap. Why even play him? He's not going to be your future, and last night's win only serves to further ensure that. You've got a 40% chance of having a number one overall pick. There's nothing that Justin Fields can show you that will preclude you from passing on Caleb Williams and Drake May after you just passed up on C.J. Stroud this past year by virtue of trading down with the Carolina Panthers so they could use the number one pick. Why would you continue to go down this road with Justin Fields? You already know enough to realize that you're not going to pass up on 
the, the, the quarterback class in 24. The opportunity cost is just too great, and you can't justify that based on anything you've seen from Fields over the last three years. So why run the risk of further devaluing the player by virtue of him playing bad or potentially getting re-injured and jeopardize what you could get back on a return in a trade this coming offseason? It just doesn't make any sense. Which means Justin Fields next year, and I certainly agree with you, he won't be the quarterback in Chicago, what will he be? Will, will he be someone's starter? Will he be battling for a job somewhere? What, what is Justin Fields' lot in life as a result of the absolute mess that he has been in from the moment he got drafted? So we kicked this around, and I think it's two career paths. Now, I'm not comparing him from a talent standpoint to these two quarterbacks, but I think it could go the way of Carson Wentz or Geno Smith. I think that's what you're looking at. I think it's a situation where you bring Justin Fields in and you allow him to compete for the QB1 job with somebody else, another veteran, and and see if he can develop into your future franchise quarterback. But you're not trading for him with any guarantees that he's going to be QB1 just because I don't think there's another team that has that kind of conviction on him like the Chicago Bears did once upon a time. I think it's a situation where he'll have the inside track to be a starting quarterback next year just because we all know that there are never enough quality starters to go around. But by no means is he going to have the starting quarterback job and be unencumbered in the preseason and training. Let me ask you a question then. Would you rather start your season next year with Justin Fields as your starting quarterback or Desmond Ritter? Justin Fields. Justin Justin Fields or Taylor Heineke? Justin Fields. So that's the team that I like a lot for Justin Fields. Because Arthur Smith has demonstrated that if if you give him guys... Like, he turned Ryan Tannehill in from a, from a nothing yeah. into a something, at least for a few years. There's yeah. a fairly similar skill set there. He was a sure. distressed asset in Miami. That's the team I would circle when it comes to Justin Fields. Here's the, the problem I have, though. Arthur Smith has also uh, proven that he can turn something into nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't B- understand B- why. Sean Robinson has been a ghost. B- and he's used a top-ten pick on the kid. Listen, that team drafted Kyle Pitts fourth overall. All the scouting reports, I did that draft. It was three quarterbacks and then him. Yeah. All the scouting reports were he's going to revolutionize the tight end position. He's going to be they have the biggest impact of any player in this class, et cetera, et cetera. You wouldn't even know he plays for them. He doesn't <laughs> do anything for them. Why is it? Like, I don't know what Arthur Smith is doing in Atlanta, uh, and I'm not sure he does either. So I, it doesn't. the things they do don't make any sense to me there. I agree with you. In theory, putting Justin Fields in the back, Bijan's not the only good one they have. They have that guy, Algier. Algier, and he, has, good more, too. And he has more carries to date than Bijan mm-hmm. Robinson, which is a little bit strange too, but are we sure that Arthur Smith is going to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons? That's what I mean. Are, are we sure he's going to be there next year? Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's the thing. Depending on how their season goes, we, like we just don't know. I'm not sure, but I do think I do think if Arthur Smith is their head coach next season, it's just one of those like, oh, that's a team that could obviously be upgraded by Justin Fields, sure. and theoretically, you're running zone read with Fields and Bijan, Fields and Algier. That could be a pretty dynamic offense if they can get that thing. The most around. exciting part about Justin Fields to you is his ability to run the football. That's but, the problem, but by an order of magnitude. That, that, but that's but that's the problem. And I think when teams are starting to evaluate the player and seeing the injury history now, if your if your best way of utilizing him is running the football, mm-hmm. and it's not as a guy that can develop into a player that can win from the pocket. That's a problem in terms of the NFL offenses. So you're telling me you've already seen enough to the point where you don't think he can win from the pocket? I don't think he trusts himself to win from the pocket, which is the problem. You think the coaches? You think there could be a coach that uh, trusts him? Certainly, certainly I think there would be a coach that convinces themselves because of the talent, the skill set, and knowing that Matt Nagy and Matt Eberflus haven't been able to do the job. But again, it's a projection, which is why I think – 
it would be tough for a franchise to turn over the keys to Justin Fields in the same way that Chicago did. Maybe so, but we, I mean, Justin Fields was as good a quarterback in college in that same system as C.J. Stroud, and we're seeing what he's doing in the, in the right system in the NFL. I, I think a coach could turn him around and potentially pretty fast. Okay. So why do you think the, the C.J. Stroud-Bryce Young thing will come up now a lot? Bryce Young struggles again last night. He has looked bad. He just flat out looked bad this year in Carolina. And while you you could ex- you can excuse it um, as saying, well, he's on a bad team, and I think they are. But everyone before the draft was saying whoever takes whoever Carolina takes is walking into a great situation. They have Andy Dalton as a as a you know to teach him, and they've got Frank Reich, and they've got a really good infrastructure there. So the fact that that C.J. Stroud has so outperformed. Bryce Young to this point, it's only half of one season so far, but have we seen enough to say definitively the Panthers got that one wrong? I don't know how you can't because it's not just comparing him to C.J. Stroud. It's comparing him to Caleb Williams and Drake May, which are projected to be can't-miss prospects. Like, What's the likelihood that Bryce Young's career arc is going to be higher than the trajectory that we're seeing from Stroud, Caleb Williams, or Drake May? And I get it. I'm talking about two college kids, but – I mean, they're saying that this is going to be the best quarterback class in a generation. I just, I just think it's going to be tough for him. And what makes it particularly interesting in Carolina is that I know coaching isn't the barrier for the player. Mm. I know Frank Wright knows what he's doing when it comes to developing quarterbacks. I know Jim Caldwell knows what he's talking about. I was in the building with him when we were at the Baltimore Ravens. I know what Josh McCown uh, is coaching him to do. I competed against him throughout my years in the National Football League. Coaching isn't the reason why Bryce isn't successful. So that's the part that's most alarming about it. Last night, Greeny, they took one snap in the red zone. One. Yeah. Like, like, like six of the nine games, the scoring has been in the teens or less. That's just unacceptable. I don't care who was out. I get it. DJ Shark wasn't out there. LaVisca Chanel wasn't out there. I get it. But you're the number one pick for a reason. Sometimes you've got to overcome things. Now, he he let a drive late in the game and tried to position him for a field goal, but I just I, I don't see enough moments of brilliance. I don't see enough moments like we saw three weeks ago against the Texans when he led that game-running drive to me to validate the Carolina Panthers' position of taking him with the number one pick. All right, we're greeny. We're, well, I'm greeny, and we are, <laughs> we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Dot com. Chris Canty, thanks a million for jumping for sticking around here on Sportsmanlike again every weekday morning, six to ten a.m. Uh, six to ten a.m. Eastern. Before we jump in on ESPN Radio and ESPN Two and ESPNU. Coming up, I can solve all of one team's problems in one off season, and I actually think it's going to happen. And you'll hear how right after this. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, in 30 seconds, I will gather the assembled members of the hashtag crew around me as we embark on what's going to be a really interesting day. This Michigan thing just fascinates me and I, I don't know if it's because of my connections to the conference if it's my connection to Jim or I think it's really just because the story is so interesting I, I think this could be anyone you know, any high profile program and any high profile coach and the circumstances are what the circumstances are anyway we'll dive into it in 30 seconds after this word from Granger for the ones who get it done Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Um, I'd like to just make mention again very quickly, as we have multiple times this week, that, that we at ESPN are recognizing Veterans Week as we honor all military personnel who are actively serving, all the veterans who have served, all those who've made the ultimate sacrifice, and as I've said repeatedly this week, never forgetting about the families either, who are both of those serving and those that we've lost, no one makes as great a sacrifice as they do. We want to make sure that the military personnel and spouses everywhere are aware of ESPN's continued support of disabled American veterans' career fairs. And what those do, it's, it's, it's DAV, okay, disabled American veterans, and they hold career fairs. They connect veterans and spouses with employers across the country who are committed to hiring them, um, which is obviously an enormously significant issue for so many who have served. And to learn more, you can visit DAV.org. It's Disabled American Veterans. They have career fairs, and you can learn more at DAV.org. Okay, so now let's get on to business here. I think we can kind of tie together the things that are happening around us because the Bears beat the Panthers last night in the weekend's opener. And in so doing, they continue to close in on the number one pick. That was the ultimate win-win. The Bears win a game, and more importantly, they greatly increase their chances of getting the first pick in the draft. Every game Carolina loses, for reasons of which you are already aware, is a big win for the Bears. If the Bears had lost last night, their combined chance at the number one pick would have been 28%. The win pushes their combined chance to 43%. And so, again, I'm on board as saying the Bears can turn around their entire program in one fell swoop. Get everything right this time for the franchise that always gets everything wrong. Do everything at once. Get a quarterback and a coach together and tie them together. Jim Harbaugh has proven a lot of things in his life, and the biggest is he is great with quarterbacks. Jim Harbaugh made Alex Smith. He turned Alex Smith from a bust as the number one overall pick into a really good player. That was Harbaugh. 
Harbaugh then saw, you know what, I've got this guy sitting on my bench most people don't know named Colin Kaepernick, who is now, of course, so incredibly famous for other reasons. But what goes completely forgotten in that is how great a player he was under Jim Harbaugh. I mean, unprecedentedly great. Dual threat at a time where that was barely a thing in the NFL. Jim is a great coach of quarterbacks. So pick the one you want. Is it Caleb Williams? That's the one everybody assumes. But maybe it's Drake May. Maybe it's his own guy, J.G. McCarthy. I don't care. I don't know when I don't care. Get the quarterback he wants. Hire Jim to be the coach in Chicago. Get the quarterback he wants and find a way to get Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State, who I think is as sure a thing as any player has ever ever been coming out of college. If you told me that kid, barring injury, was not going to be a superstar player, I would tell you that is the most surprising news I've ever heard. He's so polished. He's so talented. He's going to be spectacular. The Bears, who have begun to dip their toe in the water of their defense and they pick up sweat last week and all that stuff, the Bears could could turn this thing around in the blink of an eye if they get this offseason right. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And even if Michigan was not embroiled in this ridiculous scandal, I still think it was likely, if not certain, that Jim Harbaugh would shoot off to the NFL. We know he's wanted to. He tried desperately to get the Vikings head coaching job. He wasn't at Michigan on National Signing Day two years ago. Right. He was trying to get that job. They gave it to uh, Kevin O'Connell instead. We know he was interested in going to Denver to coach up Russell Wilson. They chose Sean Payton. They didn't want him there either. So I think Jim Harbaugh's flirtation with the NFL, in addition to being extremely well-documented, is honestly, at this point, almost a little bit overdue. And Chicago makes an enormous amount of sense. And San Francisco, he inherited a program that had had like a dozen consecutive non-winning seasons and turned them around immediately. They went to the uh, NFC Championship, uh, Greeny, in three consecutive seasons, his first three seasons. And he's Mm -hmm. got the best record of any NFL head coach to debut since the 1970 merger. He is a remarkably good and remarkably successful NFL head coach. And in Chicago, he'd have a blank slate with a city and a region that absolutely adores him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll mention it again. He was the Bears quarterback when I started my career covering the team. I, I was covering him as what the year quarterback. What 1991 and 92. Um, and then he his last year in Chicago was one of those two seasons, and that's when they went out and they got Eric Kramer when um, Wanstead got there, that might have been 93. Harbaugh was there. 93 I, was I, his last year. His la- okay, mm-hmm. so he stayed there that long. So then, so then, which was Ditka's last year? Was that 93? I can't believe this. Ditka's last are- year was 92. Okay, so, so, so Wanstead's first year, he was still the quarterback. And then he left, and he actually had much more success as a starting quarterback after he left there. It took the Colts to within one Hail Mary of a Super Bowl. And now has had this great career. He is still very well liked by a lot of fans in Chicago. And it is also worth pointing out, Chicago is overrun with Michigan alums, as, as it is with all Big Ten alums. Uh, having gone to school in the Big Ten, I, the Big Ten owns that city. There are, all, there are alums of every um, Big Ten university all over Chicago. So I think that would be a slam dunk. So now let's put that aside. You just called it this, quote, ridiculous scandal mm-hmm. at Michigan. Now, any of you who watched our TV show this morning, you know why Desmond Howard is trending. He came out in, not surprisingly, very strong defense of his school, of the program, and everything else. It was not unexpected by us. I didn't think anything he said was inappropriate. I, he just made an impassioned defense 
of Michigan's football program, and I think spoke for a lot of people. There are others who want to see the book thrown at them because, A, they don't like Michigan, B, they don't like Jim, or both. So what do we think of the scandal? Like, at the end of the day, you called it ridiculous. I want to know what you – when you said that, what did you mean by it? By ridiculous, I simply mean there are so many moving parts, some of which are so hilarious, they're unbelievable. But ridiculous <laughs> doesn't mean it's discredited. Ridiculous doesn't mean that it's, um, that it's trivial. There's just so many attributes of this thing that have taken it from being like, at least originally, something we thought might have been like a nothing burger – to now, I think what is pretty clearly the biggest story in sports, so much so that this, I mean, this is a national holiday and a day in which there might be a, an injunction being held by a, by a, by a, by a judge in the state of Michigan right. coming in, coming in to say, no, this guy has to coach in this game for this reason. Like, I've never, I just don't remember anything in sports, at least not recently, in which there have been so many variables and so many things moving in such a fast direction. Meanwhile, an enormous football game is being played in Happy Valley on Saturday at noon that could very likely determine who goes to the playoff and who doesn't with all of this totally uh, having nothing to do with any of that. Yeah, the ridiculous part of it is the Connor Stallions of it all. Th- th- that's the part that gets ridiculous, that a guy who was restoring vacuum cleaners <laughs> is suddenly at the center of this entire thing. And Michigan and Jim Harbaugh have completely disavowed any knowledge of him or at least that he was doing any of these things. So, yeah, there is a bit of the absurd. It, it is a sort of like a theater of the absurd as it all goes on. But it's I'm glad you clarified that because it's anything but ridiculous. And on some level, it's actually quite the opposite mm. of that. It could determine who wins the college championship this year. It could determine whether Jim Harbaugh goes back to the NFL. And it could determine precedent for the way a lot of things are going to get decided in college football for a long time to come. Let me go to Bubba on this. Hashtag Bubba. What is your take? I'm just... I've been trying to wrap my head and my arms around this thing all morning and all week, really. What is your take on it all? I, I, I kind of like we talked about yesterday. I just uh, when you brought up the whole due process thing and and the other teams, just I'm not a fan of just people suspending, whether it's coaches, players, without a full, complete investigation. Because I I just don't think that's fair. So I, I just think you need to wait until the season ends. Whether you know people might think there's specific, complete evidence, but I just don't think there's enough to just say we have to suspend him right now. I just don't think that's what we should do because, like you said, and then in the future people are just going to say, oh, this person's doing X, this person's doing Y, and next thing you know this person's getting suspended, this person's getting suspended. So I'm personally not in favor of just people getting suspended based on allegations. I think you just got to wait till the end of, end of the year, let it all play out, and I also don't like how it impacts all the players. Um, so I personally am saying let's wait till the end of the year and let it all play out. And then if you want to fine him a tremendous amount of money, I'm in favor of that. But I don't think it's fair that we're impacting these college kids tremendously. I think if, if you want to impact the coach, sure, and I think you should impact him in his wallet. But I think even if you're suspending him, that that hurts these kids more than anything. And I'd, I'd rather just wait till the end of the year and you fine him. If you say, look, he did something wrong. And it's proven with evidence, I would say, levy a, a huge fine, and that hurts him individually. But I just don't like when the, the college kids get punished for it. It's worth saying out loud, we don't know what they know, right? So so Tony Petiti, obviously, again, he's the new Big Ten commissioner, and he's he was the COO of baseball. He's a, a well-known and respected guy. Um, by sending some letter of whatever it is, acknowledgement to Michigan earlier this week and giving them a few days to respond – what, what he was essentially saying is, I know enough right now 
that I can do something. So what we don't know is what he knows because the Big Ten, excuse me, the NCAA has been doing an investigation. I don't know what information has been given to him. I don't know what he'd be basing his decision on. And candidly, after he makes his decision, I don't know if he'll announce what the information was. So I don't know that we'll know it even after he says it. That's one of the many other ways this becomes complicated. Cam, what do you think of the whole thing? I think the problem with what Bubba said is we keep hearing about pressure from other Big Ten schools, pressure from other Big Ten schools. I don't know what that pressure looks like, but Tony Petiti maybe almost has his hand forced by so many people wanting them to bring the hammer down on Michigan and and do the right thing because they know how long the NCAA investigation is going to take. I think off the table is banning Michigan from the CFP like Stephen A said I think that's a bridge too far for sure you know the players shouldn't be impacted beyond a Harbaugh suspension obviously that impacts them a lot but you can't pull any of them off the field or ban Michigan or anything like that I think that's that's a bridge too far there's also this weird threat that Michigan is doing where they're like don't do this before the NCAA investigation or you'll you'll be sorry uh so there's just pressure from all angles for Tony Petiti that makes this decision really a lot more complicated than it should be needs to be whatever um but I think in a perfect world yeah due process and everything but there's a lot of factors going into that that might make this uh, come down sooner than later you can be a part of greeny nation on the dr pepper call in line espn nation is presented by dr pepper it's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold dr pepper the one that fans deserve so i'm going to say something in the form of a question and then we can dive into it part of the issue here what i keep coming back to in my head as Heather Dinich keeps saying, the Big Ten believes they have evidence that Michigan broke a rule. They do not, to the best of her knowledge, have evidence that Jim Harbaugh was involved, that he was aware, or that he has lied about it. If you're going to start suspending people because of things they were not aware of, they were not involved in, and they didn't lie about, you're in a complicated place. Now, we have lived in a world in college football, to be clear, in case you're thinking, well, how does Greeny not know this? I obviously know this. The rules are that anything that happens under the watch of a head football coach is his responsibility. If you didn't know, you should have known. However, I do wonder if in certain circumstances that isn't an unrealistic expectation. So the previous investigation, well, let, let's just live in this one here. Um. You've got this guy, Connor Stallions, who may be acting on his own or may be acting with the knowledge of someone else. But let's live in a world where Jim Harbour really didn't know this, where this guy, he hired him because he's some crazy fan and he's former military and Harbour wanted to do him a favor and whatever it is and gave him a low-level job, let him work his way up, whatever the case may be. His intentions may very well have been fully honorable. This guy, because he wants to make a name for himself or for whatever reason. Again, I don't know any of the facts of how this worked out. But let's just live in a universe where this guy really did do this for the most part on his own. Is it reasonable in your mind, Hembo, to discipline, to suspend, to throw the book at a head football coach for things that happened, quote unquote, in his program or under his watch? When he had no knowledge of them, no connection to them, and did not ever lie about them when asked. Uh, of course. Of course they have the, the right. Um, Why? Because Jim Harbaugh should know something, at least something of that magnitude. I mean, Connor Stallions is not just a gone rogue 
person sitting in the stands at a Michigan game. Like he is like standing next to Michigan's defensive coordinator pointing to the other sideline saying this is a run and this is a pass. So if Jim Harbaugh actually doesn't know who that guy is or why he's there, he most definitely should. Now, perhaps he just didn't bother asking because he knew that someday this might become a thing. But in my judgment, not knowing isn't an excuse. At minimum, he needs to be disciplined at least slap on the wristy for having overseen this um, completely blown out of proportion science dealing scandal because like in this particular case, ignorance is not a good enough excuse for something that actually impacts what happens on the field. Well, why are you calling it greatly overblown? Calling – what do you mean? Greatly overblown sign-stealing scandal. Well, Why is it greatly overblown? Overblown may have, may have been the wrong word. What I mean is they took something that is sort of normal college practice and took it way too far. That's Michigan what I, did. Yes. Right. The, and, so and, the punishment should be what for that? I would suspend Jim Harbaugh indefinitely. I would suspend Jim Harbaugh indefinitely and probably through the season and – I would put an independent person, a body, an organization in the building at Michigan to monitor what they are doing the rest of the season. Neither of those are such disciplinary measures that I think we can freak out about because they're so incredibly severe. And while, yes, you're penalizing the student-athletes on his team, there are also student-athletes on every other team that have been playing at a competitive disadvantage because, as best we know, or at least as much as we think, Michigan has been cheating and has been for quite some time. Okay. Again, we do expect to hear something on this at some point relatively soon, and as soon as there is any news, you will hear it here. This is Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. I do not have access to my sound effects, but it is time for Sneaky Hembo's radio trivia question of the day. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Greedy, there are three coaches that beat Jim Harbaugh when Harbaugh was an NFL coach and beat him as an NFL quarterback. There are three coaches that beat him as an NFL quarterback and coach. All you got to do is name one of those three So to be clear, those coaches... Weren't quarterbacks themselves. Correct. Meaning they beat him when he was a coach and they beat him when he was a quarterback. Yes. But they were a coach in both cases. Yes, and there are three of those guys. Has to be a head coach. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to get all three. I'm not just going to get one. I'm going to get all three. Let's have some fun next on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right, this is a really good question, and it's a lot harder than I thought it was. I misinterpreted the question when you originally asked it, which you will do again now for those just joining us. There are three coaches that beat Jim Harbaugh as an NFL head coach and as an NFL quarterback. To be clear, Harbaugh as both an NFL quarterback and a head coach. And what I've charged you to do is merely name one to get the correct answer. Now, for some reason in my head, I interpreted that to mean someone who's still coaching now. So I thought I'd have an easy time with it when I realized it is just people from then. It has to be someone who was coaching when Harbaugh was playing, which basically was the 90s. And then when Harbaugh was coaching, which was a much more finite period, he only coached the 49ers for four years, which started in something like 09? Uh, 11 through 14 as a coach and 87 through 2000 as a quarterback. So that's not easy. In fact, that's very, very hard. So the names that I started writing down, I think, are all wrong. So, guys, I don't have it. I mean, I I wrote down the name Andy Reid, but I don't think so. I don't think Reid was coaching in Philadelphia that early. I wrote down the name Bill Cower, but I don't think Cower was coaching in Pittsburgh that late. In fact, I know he wasn't coaching that late. Uh, It would have been Tomlin already by then. I had written down the name Bill Belichick, but I don't think he was a head coach unless he beat him when he was in Cleveland, which I guess is possible. So this is a tough one. What do you guys think, Cam? I think I got them all. Whoa, that's a big statement. I don't know. I don't want you know. There's going to be a lot of stealing here. I'm well, very confident in one. So, 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 how do we want to deliver the answers? Let, let's. I mean, I have no. I mean, I might as well. If you guys are all taking guesses, why don't why don't you guys take as a group three guesses and see how many of the three are correct? Uh, well, I mean, it sounds to me like like Cam has three guesses. I have three guesses. I don't know about you, Bubba? I'm willing to. I'm willing to let him have all of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I. <laughs> A name I thought of was like Dennis Green, but I don't think he coached late enough. Later, no, so I don't think I don't think he was still there. And oh, in, yeah, in on 11. the back end, because yeah, that that finite Forty ers window is what's is what's killing me there. Right, so. Because when, when, when Harbaugh would have been with the Bears, I was trying to think through the division. So would Holmgren have been the coach of Green Bay then? But I don't think he would have been coaching anymore in eleven. Same with Danny. Well, Green. he was coaching Seattle. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some out. Go ahead, Jeff Fisher. That's not bad. Tom Coughlin. Oh, that is good. And Pete Carroll were the three I had. I don't know if Carroll was coaching when Harbaugh was playing, but that was the one. And then the other one would have been Belichick, but I feel like that might be too obvious. So, so I've Pete got Carroll. Pete F- Carroll. Fisher is my official guess. I think that one's almost a guarantee. Carroll was the coach of New England. Well, first of all, he coached the Jets for a year. Right. He coached New England. Then he went to USC. And then he came back and has been in Seattle that long. Ooh, that's not bad. Th- th- those are... Bubba, those are all good guesses. Pretty solid. I, mean, I like them. When in doubt, go with Jeff Fisher. All right. I. Well, what do we? You want us to just? Give I all think three? here's what we'll do. 
I will read the three names on my sheet, and Cam back in Bristol will hit the buzzer or ding based upon his three guesses, and okay. we'll see how many of the three he gets right. All right, because he's got the thing. You ready? Here we go. The first name is? Jeff Fisher. Woo! Oh, way to go. Way to go. So we all got that right. Okay, next. <laughs> You're welcome. Pete Carroll. Oh, 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 my God. If he got all three, then he is the all-time trivia oh my champion. Gosh. And the third one is Tom Coughlin. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? You are I'm a so god. Proud of myself. You are a god. <laughs> wow. Cam, what is your last name? <laughs> it's Pratt. You said it the other day. Cam Pratt. Cam the Great. How about yes, he's Cameron the Great? By the way, uh, Bill Belichick beat Jim Harbaugh when Harbaugh was a quarterback, but went zero and one against him as a coach. Oh, that so is that, that would have been a perfectly reasonable guess. That might be my new favorite trivia question you've ever asked. I really like yeah, that. What that was a, a good pull. one. All right. Well done. Uh, wow. Greeny with you. That was Cam in a zone. By the way, Giannis was in the zone last night. 54 points, albeit in a Bucks loss to the Pacers. So Giannis in the zone last night in the zone. Brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone with AutoZone. By the way, you just called him Cam the Great. Very briefly. Mm. Yesterday on this show, because... You're a doofus. You, I don't even know how you got there, but you decided to say that Alexander the Great was a much better general than Napoleon. No, markedly. Not only so, but that Alexander the Great was, in fact, the greatest general in the history of mankind. We received a tweet from someone named Gary Q1115. And when it comes to information like this, Gary Q1115 is usually my primary source. Anyway, he tweeted, nothing like getting history wrong while you're criticizing others for getting history wrong. Genghis Khan was a far superior military leader than Alexander the Great. So that is, he has just thrown back at you. This is sort of a Manning versus Brady-esque, Michael versus LeBron. He's basically said, no, 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 it's not Alexander the Great is not the GOAT, it's Genghis Khan. How do you respond to that? Look, I mean, Genghis Khan's successes as a Mongolian conquest genius are well-documented, and for me, he's the second greatest military commander of all time. So he's two on the list but Alexander the Great is Alexander one. the Great is one. Is, is, that the, is that the analytics view, or does it pass the eye test? No, it's both, because Alexander the Great not only was undefeated, having conquered basically all of Mesopotamia, but he died at 32. He all of Mesopotamia he, before 32? Everything. And he dies at 32 from a bad glass of wine, was poisoned, or... There are a lot of theories to as to how Alexander the Great uh, as, as wound up dying. Be. Right. Uh, I don't think we have time to get into that. But but we do have time to say— We really didn't have time to get into any of this, and yet we did. To me, so. there's just no credible argument for uh, Genghis Khan over Alexander the Great so based Genghis on body of work. Genghis Khan, like I can't believe it. I, 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 I mean, these are names I know. Mm. Alexander the Great led who? The Greeks? Yeah. He, he led Greece. Yes. In, In what be, century? Uh, before Christ. So this is BC, twenty five hundred years ago. So yeah. he took over, yeah, because I think that's, that's around the last time you would you would ever have said Mesopotamia, and that's right? co- sort of this, that's sort of like the area of my uh, milieu, like that's my area of expertise is everything that happened before Christ and in baseball's dead ball period. <laughs> Nap Lajoie was one of his, you know, key captains. No, no, all army. kidding aside, mm. you know a lot about that kind of history. All kidding aside, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this whole thing is a side of kidding. Well, so when was Genghis Khan a general? Fourteenth uh, century. So like 1,500 years later. Yeah, they had a lot more modern technology at his disposal. For example? 
everything else, like bow and arrow. <laughs> well, I, that's what I mean. That modern technology, they didn't have light. I mean, Alexander the Great is hurling rocks, so, <laughs> you know, and and maybe swords. Well, what is Genghis Khan hurling? Uh, onagers, you know, like he, at Did least they have guns. Catapults. Uh, no, Genghis Khan was not conquering Mongolia with guns. No, no. What was he conquering it with? Uh, mostly hand to hand combat, and he was a hand to hand combat genius. But he also had a much longer lifespan to, uh, to which to build his legacy. There's no question. Look, if the college football committee was in charge of ranking these guys based upon strength of record it's one alexander the great two genghis khan and then three by a decent margin napoleon bonaparte okay fair enough and so let it be written and this is the kind of information we pass along daily for no good reason thanks for listening to greeny the podcast you can listen live each weekday morning at 10 eastern on espn radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the espn app also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast.